ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. And thank you for subscribing to the latest edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm 12 Kyle. Check this out. (laughs) On this podcast, what I'm going to talk about is where I'm from. And I came to this thought process because the other day I was riding down the street and one of my favorite songs from Jay-Z came on um, my Spotify. The song is called Where I'm From. And in the song, Jay-Z basically talks about where he's from in Brooklyn. And the song goes a little something like this. And I'll just give you just a little bit of it. I'm from where brothers pull your card and argue all day about who's the best MC, Biggie, Jay-Z, and Nas, where the drug czars evolve and thugs are at odds at each other's strokes for the love of foreign cars, where catch catch cases hoping to judge R&Rs, but most times find themselves locked up behind bars. Is that all? I'm from, I'm from where they ball and breed rhyme stars. I'm from Marcy's son. Just thought I'd remind y'all. And he goes on to rap about Brooklyn more specifically Marcy projects in Brooklyn. Um, and it got me to thinking about where I'm from. Uh, as many of you know, or maybe you don't know, um, I live in Atlanta. I've lived in Atlanta, Georgia. Wow. It's this year at the time of this recording, it'll be 23 years, I think. Um, so I've been here a while. <laughs> I've actually lived here longer than I've lived anywhere else in my life, right? So it's home. This is where I planted my roots. I don't plan on going anywhere. But when people ask me where I'm from, ah, (laughs) I don't say I'm from Atlanta because I'm not. I'm from Florence, South Carolina. And I'll explain that's where I'm from. Like I've always said when people would ask me where I'm from, that's where I'm from. Ironically, I didn't live there as long as I've lived here in Atlanta. I'll let you know in a little secret. I wasn't even born in Florence. I was born in New Jersey, but Florence is where I'm from. Um, Florence is not a big town. Geographically, it's the best way that I can describe it geographically where it is on the map, it's the midway point between New York City and Miami. Um, I think the census said the population between the county and the county seat is like 130-something thousand. I say probably, Florence probably roughly has a population of probably about 90-95,000 people. Um, and that's just in the city in the county i guess well not the, not the county but the city um and it, it just it was less than that when i was there racially it's probably split a split about 50 50 uh 50 white probably 49 50 black um but growing up it was a great place to live it was a place where i could be a kid um it wasn't a place that was dangerous uh for the most part, from what I could see, black folks and white folks got along pretty decent, you know. Um, 
it was also a place where it was commonplace for you to see, you know, successful black men in the community. And, you know, they were pretty active in the community. Uh, my family was the typical lower to middle class, lower middle class black family. I mean, we didn't have, <laughs> we had no money, but, you know, we had everything. Um, I, I can't say we'd have, well, no, we didn't have money. Relatively speaking, no, we didn't have money. Um, but, you know, I just, growing up in Florence, I really thought that everybody kind of lived like me and had the experiences that I had and, you know, came from two parent households and, you know, what, <laughs> and got toys and stuff for Christmas. Um, but it wasn't until I got older that I realized like everybody didn't live like how we lived in Florence. Um, I was pretty naive, I guess. And, you know, you just, you can only go by what you see. So what I saw is people who, you know, moms and dads who got up and went to work and, you know, they earned their pay and, and, and they lived and tried to raise their kids the best way they could and let them play sports and all this other stuff, which is the stuff that I did. Um, you know, as I grew older, I learned more about, you know, black kids like me, um, who didn't necessarily grow up the same way that I did. And to be honest, some of them weren't that far away from me geographically. Um, A lot of people, you know, grew up a little bit in harder times, if you will. But we really didn't see that in Florence. At least I didn't see it. Um, Florence was a place where, like I said, you could just be a kid. And we didn't have to... (laughs) We didn't have to worry about a lot of stuff. Like I lived through the crack epidemic really without seeing crack. (laughs) There were no crack vials in my neighborhood. I mean, it just, it wasn't. And I mean, like we lived and I talked about this on previous podcasts, like we lived in the projects or what you would call the projects until I was in the fourth grade. And then we bought a house. And then my parents subsequently got a, got got divorced a couple of years later. So by the seventh grade, I was in, you know, living in the house with my aunt and my mom and my brother and my cousin. And, you know, that neighborhood was even better because it was a regular black middle class neighborhood where kids, you know, lawns were <laughs> were kept very nicely and. Everybody, you know, in our neighborhood got along and looked out for each other. And you could literally walk out of your house and leave the front door open and not have to worry about anybody breaking in your house. Um, But Florence wasn't like that everywhere. But, you know, where I lived in North Florence, um, it was pretty cool, pretty chill. Now, just to give you an idea, again, it's not a relatively speaking, it's not a big place, but we divided it. Um, and it was divided by where you lived. You either lived in East Florence, you lived in West Florence, you lived in South Florence, or you lived like me in North Florence. Um, and there were certain sections where, you know, honestly, (laughs) you didn't want to be at certain points of time of the night. Um, but I never went anywhere and felt, you know, unsafe. You know, it was just a dope place to live. And I mean, like, I wasn't somebody who lived in, you know, I didn't live in Miami. I didn't live in New York City. I didn't live in L.A. I didn't live in Colorado. <laughs> Shout out to Colorado. Um, 
but it was just a cool place. Uh, and like I said, they allowed us to be kids. Um, but also the flip side of it, like I said, I didn't, didn't have to go far to find, you know, kids who were different from me as far as, you know, their upbringing or maybe their financial status or whatever the case may be, because, and I tell my kids all the time, like I went to school with kids who, if they didn't go to school, they didn't know if they were going to eat or not. Like it was some poor kids, you know, and some kids came, came up and came through some rough situations, but it, you know, it wasn't like the Cabrini green. It wasn't Marcy projects. It wasn't Jordan downs. It wasn't, you know, any project that you could think of, you know, it was just, it was Florence. And again, it was a relatively cool place. Um, Florence looked a lot different when I was younger than it does to me now. Um, it's home. We have a house there. Uh, actually, my, our family has two houses, really, if I count my aunt's house. Um, but no, nah, you know, I'm, I'm, it'll always be home. It'll always be home. Uh, but it looks different from how I remember it. Uh, I just re- I remember, you know, growing up like <laughs> I'll give you an example. Like there's a certain section of Florence called downtown. Well, it used to be called the block. <laughs> not not the blow CC. Uh, shout out to Issa. Um, but the block was um, it was an area of downtown where. In the 60s and 70s, where it was really divided. I mean, obviously, we're talking about the Jim Crow. We're still talking about, you know, South Carolina. But I distinctly remember my mom taking us and driving us downtown. And we drove past this area where there was a movie theater. And I distinctly remember her telling us that she was telling me my younger brother, Damon, that you know during integration they finally she her words were finally let them um you know go to the movie theater but the black people had to sit in the balcony and the white people had to sit in the bottom and you could not if you were black you could not sit in the bottom section of the theater um and then Right outside of the theater, there was a sign on another building adjacent to the theater. And the sign was, I'll never forget this. The sign said whites only. Well, here's the thing. My mom was showing me this sign probably in the, I I couldn't have been no more than five or six. So we're talking late seventies. I was born in 72, right? And so Let's say I'm five or six. Let's say I'm five. So that's what, 77, right? The sign said whites only. And somebody had painted over the sign, but you could still see the words whites only. Now, in that particular building, they allow people to come in, whoever you were. You know, it was integrated, but the fact that the sign was still there and still somewhat visible to a five or six year old speaks volumes, but that was Florence. 
And so, like, I just remember that part of downtown. And there was a section of the block where it was just like <laughs> there was <laughs> there was a pool hall. There was uh, a couple of bars where you could buy liquor, I'm assuming. And there were like two or three barbershops. And what was interesting was, you know, even back as far back as I can remember as a kid, like when I got my haircut, I would go. My parents, would, my dad would take me to the block and we'd go get our haircut. And that's, you know, that's what they said. Hey, we're going to the block. Get your haircut. And I would cut my hair, talk to my dad and, you know, keep it moving. But when I think about that area, you know, back then, you know, it didn't really seem like a bad place. But, you know, we I, I always heard rumblings about, you know, fights and stuff that might happen in the block or you know, I don't think anybody ever got shot, but I heard about people got getting stabbed. Um, and you know, I'm I'm hearing these stories as a as a child, but it wasn't what I saw, so you know, it was kind of foreign to me. But nonetheless, you know, it, it was still that part of Florence seemed to be cool. And you know, as I got older and, and could move around a little bit more, you know, we went to the mall and. You know, we'd go visit our friends and stuff like that. And even once we moved out of the projects, I would still go to the projects and play with my, my friends and stuff like that. So it was cool. Um, but I think Florence, uh, at least for me, started to look vastly different by the time I was a junior in high school. And what I mean by that is by the time I'm a junior in high school, I'm starting to plan to go to college. It was right around that time that I realized I was like, yo, I'm going to an HBCU. Uh, I knew that I would be attending a historically black college and university. And reason being is that, you know. It was kind of always in me, I guess, but, you know, I had gone to my elementary school was primarily black, uh, probably about 80 percent black. Uh, my middle school was probably about 90 percent black <laughs> and my high school, Wilson High School was 90% black. So I'd been around black and I lived in black neighborhoods. So it wasn't like, you know, it was going to be something different. So I was like, okay, by that time I, I knew, but also given the fact that by the time I was a junior, I'd been to, been to New York several times, New York city, one of my favorite places, my favorite city to visit New York city. Um, I'd been to LA uh, been to Orlando. So I've been around, I knew of a world outside of Florence. And I think one of the things that kind of struck me was that there was, I realized that there were some people that, you know, they were just cool and content with being in Florence and, and don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. It just wasn't for me. I just realized like this place is cool. It's dope. But there's something else. What that something else was, I wasn't even sure at the time, but I just knew that it wasn't in the cars for me to be there. And so I distinctly remember writing down like some goals and stuff. And I wrote down that I wanted to move and um, that I'd live, <laughs> I'd live in New York City or Atlanta. I don't know why I picked Atlanta. I knew why I picked New York. I wanted to live in Manhattan. 
uh, silly me. <laughs> um, which is still a go- I would I would love to live in Manhattan. I mean, I need a whole lot more money, but I'd love to live in Manhattan now. Um, but you know, I made up my mind like it, this wasn't gonna be the place for me. Like it, it just wasn't, and it was no knock on it. Um, so I made up my mind that I was going to an HBCU and that I was leaving the crib. And the following year, obviously, I go on and I, you know, go to South Carolina State University, which is in Orangeburg, South Carolina, which is about 90 miles away from my hometown of Florence. And I would come back to visit. And it wasn't until I left Florence that I realized how much I loved Florence. Like, I I, I thought it was dope (laughs) growing, growing up there. But. I really realized how much I love that place. Um, but I also knew that I probably wasn't going back. And the further along I got in my college, you know, um, career, I realized that I definitely wasn't going back because I started looking at job opportunities as I got, you know, to be like a junior and senior in high, in college, excuse me. And I, I realized that it just wasn't as many job opportunities for me in Florence, but I also understood too, that, you know, it was, this is where I wanted to go. And, you know, but even when I would come back home, you know, for breaks and stuff like that, uh, the city had changed. I changed, but also the city had changed. The city started to look different. Uh, I would go to West Florence, West Florence, West Florence was starting to bubble, starting to pop. It was, you know, was, they got a couple of things going over there. And I was like, okay, West Florence looking nice. And, you know, I go to South Florence and you'd go to, the, we'd go to the bowling alley and all kind of stuff was going on in, in South Florence. But when I would go to East Florence, ugh. <laughs> and, and that's no disrespect to East Florence. I, I, I know some cool people in East Florence, but East Florence looked like, because like where we lived at in the projects, it was in East Florence, right? But East Florence really looked like how it did when I lived in the projects. Like there was no economic development. There was no nothing. There was still the same basketball court where dudes would, you know, smoke weed and drink 40s and and hoop and get into arguments and fights and stuff like that. That stuff was still there. And it did not look any different than it did the previous 10 years and I had a problem with that but what could I do I was a college student at the time what was I gonna do was I gonna come back and you know tell people about my dream to re (laughs) to revamp Florence no that wasn't gonna happen and then when you get to my side north north Florence north Florence didn't look much better either you know it had its sections but you know for the most part Oakland Avenue still looked like Oakland Avenue when I was in high school. And it was disappointing, to be honest. But I also think that there were some things that I could have done had I gone back, but I didn't. And, I, you know, it was kind of like you're in a space where you see that something can be done or some changes can be made, but you're not even there. So are you really wanting to say, hey, you should fix this or hey, you should change it or hey, you should 
you should move this plane. <laughs> you should move this plane off Irby Street. Yeah, that there, there was there was a plane like a a a a. I don't even know how big that that plane was. Like, it was in a junkyard, I think, and that plane was there at least since I was in like middle school. And it was there long past after the time I graduated from college. Um, and then one, one year I came home and it was, it was gone. Um, but not, nah, you know, North Florence, it, it, there was some changes, but you know, houses were being built in the other parts of Florence and, you know, restaurants and all of this other stuff. And, you know, North Florence and East Florence, which are the black blackest parts of Florence, look the same. And it was unfortunate. Well, I take that back. East Florence didn't look as bad in some sections because the hospital system grew. But as the hospital system grew and it expanded, they built more buildings and pushed people out. So, you know, they got some development, but it was more business wise. It wasn't necessarily for home ownership and development of the black community. Um, but, you know, again, I'm seeing this and I want to say something, I want to do something, but again, I'm a college student. And then after I got graduated from college, well, let me, let me go back. I knew, <laughs> I knew the day that I left for college that I would never live in Florence again. At least not like that. I knew I'd be back to visit because it's home. I knew that, you know, my family's there. My mom is still there. My dad's still there. My brother was, you know, in high school at the time. But I knew the day that they dropped me off at college, I wasn't going to ever live in Florence again. And to be honest, I didn't. Um, so when I think about whatever changes I could have made, you know, it would have had to have been from a distance and, you know, sometimes, you know how it is, uh, you know, particularly with black folk, <laughs> you know, it's kind of hard to tell people what to do when you ain't, well, you can be from there, but you ain't there. And that didn't fall short on me at all. I was very cognizant, cognizant of that. Because I didn't want anybody to resent anything that I had to say or offer. But to be honest, you know, whatever I had to say and offer as far as development or anything like that, I kept it myself. And I'm not knocking myself for it. It's just it, that's where I, I wasn't there yet. So anyway, push forward and I graduated from South Carolina State University. Well, after I graduate, I sit in Orangeburg for another six months, right? And I'm looking at places to move to because at this point I've spent, you know, five and a half years in Orangeburg and it's time for me to move on. And where do you want to go? Well, there's DC. Well, there's New York city. Well, there's LA where, well, there's Atlanta, there's Greenville, there's Columbia, South Carolina. Florence really wasn't in the picture. And if I'm being honest with myself, it was, <laughs> it was never on the table, but it's home and I love it. 
and I still love it, but I wasn't moving back. So I moved to Atlanta and that's where I've lived and, you know, made roots, got married, had kids, house, whole nine. But Florence is home and it's always been home. And as we fast forward the years, it's always been someplace where I've gone back to and I've seen the seen the place grow and develop. And then about, I don't know, five, six years ago, maybe not that long, a couple of years ago, I went back home for a weekend. And one of my homeboys had told me, he's like, yo, he's like, man, you got to come back to the crib. When you come back to the crib, you got to go downtown because that's where everything's popping at. And I'm like, huh? Downtown is popping? And it's like, yeah, it's down, downtown is popping. So that's all I heard was that downtown was popping, right? So came home one weekend, went to see mom, went to see my dad. And um, I go downtown to Florence. And I'm driving through the little downtown area. And what do you know? This place, you know, the area where the block was and where, you know, the old movie theater with the sign on the, the building, all of that stuff, everything had changed. Everything. When I say <laughs> gentrification was on a thousand, it was. I mean, it looked like someplace totally different from where, where I grew up at. It was, there were restaurants, there were bars, there were a couple of nightclubs. Um, you know, they would have block parties. And this was, it was kind of like, it was a little bit of something for everything. If you were black and you want to hang out with black people, there were spots for that. If you were white and you want to hang out with white people, there were spots for that. There were places where everybody kind of mingled at. It was a melting pot. Florence had grew and blossomed into, at least the downtown area had blossomed into something that I'd never seen before. And I was happy to see it. I was genuinely happy to see it. But then as I drove back to Atlanta after that weekend, I got to thinking like, damn, I wonder what would have happened if I had said something and me and my homeboys had, you know, pooled our monies together and got involved in some of that economic development. And not necessarily for the money, but just, you know, to keep something that was close to us, keep it looking and feeling like we think it should be. And I mean, from everything from hotels to, like I said, all kind of businesses, like everything is downtown that you would want in Florence. And again, no shade. I'm so happy that it's there. But I feel a little way about, you know, not being involved in it, not necessarily personally, but I wonder, you know, how it could have been if people from my generation who lived there you know, took a more active approach. And I don't know that they didn't. I'm not, no shade to them because I don't know what happened because I wasn't there. But I'm happy and I'm proud of my hometown. And it'll always be home. It'll always be home. Uh, we have a, uh, <laughs> we have a running joke in my house. Um, I told my wife, Sharice, I said, hey, you know, when the kids... When they graduate, I was like, we're we moving to Florence. <laughs> we're going to retire in Florence. 
And she's like, oh, hell no, I'm not going to no Florence. I was like, well, you don't have to go. Me and the kids will go. And I'm joking, obviously, because the kids, they'll be off doing their own thing. But, you know, I, I, I did at one point in time have visions of coming back there to retire. I mean, I never say never. But, you know, it's a great place. It's my hometown. Um, and again, if anybody ever asked me, unlike Jay-Z, if you ask me where I'm from, I'll tell you where I'm from. I'm not from a place that's, you know, known for, you know, where drug czars evolve. You know, that no, nah, that's not happening. I mean, yeah, crime is definitely worse, you know, in Florence. It's not what it used to be. And there's more people there. There's more people there. And so, you you know, it's not the same sense of community that it once was. But I could say that about every place. But if you go in North Florence, it's, it's there. It's there. If you go in East Florence, it's there. It's really there. Um, The last time I was home, I was actually happy to see some development in East Florence and North Florence. Maybe not as much as it is in other parts of the city, but, you know. It's getting there. But what I wanted to do on this podcast was, like I said, just tell you a little bit about where I'm from. It's a really, really cool place. And if you were ever concerned about what kind of helped make me who I am, it's definitely Florence. (laughs) any and everything that I've learned, I learned there. Um, It definitely helped me become the young man that I've become without Florence. I would not be where I am. And, you know, it's like those saying, it ain't where you're from. It's where you're at. But to me, I'm from Florence. I'm at Florence. Florence is in me. And that's all that matters. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for checking out this episode of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm your boy, 12 Kyle. I'll I'll catch you guys next time. Five G's.